this episode? If it's special. It's special. You should have its own special jingle but, well, theme. So now I have to do special music for the special episode? I mean, it's a special episode. Don't pretend like you don't want to do it. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that I don't want to do Well, I kind of don't want to do it. Right. Only because I want to I want to share this with everybody. <laughs> I've been dying to share this special episode with everybody for a long time. It I'm, is a very special I'm episode. I'm dying to share it. Okay. So I think I will... I'm going to... If you will allow me to just share it with the regular music that's not so special but it could be special some people i also love how you say like i have the power to allow you and i ask you to do shit all the time that you just ignore (laughs) you i mean this is this new version of our relationship that you're creating here today if i will allow you horseshit i'd be like bill please don't do this and then you do it that's our relationship as i see it unbelievable (laughs) but this but nonetheless (laughs) You would agree this is a very special episode. It is a very special episode. But we're going to continue with the... Well, to some people, that might be very special. They it's might special hear to me. that. Yeah, it's they, dear they hear to my, that. Like, near and dear to my heart. Exactly. They yeah. hear that come on like, oh, yeah, it's time for the minute, baby. Yes. Yeah, GGGR. Yes. And this particular GGGR minute is super special, as I keep saying <laughs> over and over. Do you want to tell the people why? It's because it's an episode that is comprised of an interview with someone who actually worked on the film. Of all the people that work on this podcast, <laughs> all of them, yeah. if I had to pick one who would eventually rise to the occasion and legitimize this nonsense, it would not have been you. <laughs> and yet, that's exactly what you did. Thank you. Yeah. That's very nice yeah. of no, you to I say, No, I mean, it wasn't without its flaws. <laughs> First of all, you're kind of a whitewashing, redact happy cover-up artist (laughs) with no remorse or moral compass. Oh, my God. I'd like to say that right up front. (laughs) People, you should know, early on in the interview, you're going to hear Bill say, Zumbo couldn't be here with us. And it's going to sound a little weird. And you're going to be like, what happened there? I'm going to tell you what happened. (laughs) Oh, my God. Bill said... I'm going to have to stop the tape right now. (laughs) Why would you do that? Because this, this, this is not No, this I'm is exposing not you for the cover-up artist you are. This is not relevant. <laughs> it's totally relevant. This is not special. It's 100% it's not special anymore. <laughs> I just you're, have to say it. You're despecializing This it. is one of the things I said, Bill, please don't do that, and you did anyway. So <laughs> I'm exposing you. You're the cover-up artist. <sighs> Bill, Bill said, thankfully, Zumbo isn't here with us today. I did say That's that. That's what he said. You said it, right? You're owning I it. I did. We all make mistakes. As a joke. Normally, it wasn't a joke. It was a joke. No, it was a Freudian slip. No, (laughs) it was totally a joke. It was not. It was. And I was trying to like lighten the mood. I was trying to have make jokes and maybe be funny. Why would she Unfortunately, get that? Well, that's, would, that was the problem. That it is the problem. It didn't go over at all. Right. And so rather than leaving in that <laughs> bad joke and all the dead space that then followed it, I cut it out <laughs> so that it didn't seem stupid. Well, you say what you want. I'm calling it a Freudian slip. And I think you were happy that I was not there with you. That's not true. That's what I think. It would I, it would have been a lot easier for me, and it would have been more fun if you had been there. Oh, that's very kind of you to say. And it's true. Oh, buddy. Because it, it, it's hard. Like, like you well, know. You did, well, uh, okay. All joking aside, you did a bang-up job. Thanks. You killed it. 
I I, I hope you people it like it, but it's it's, it's not it's easy. Great. Luckily, the person I'm interviewing was a friend, and, and she was also delightful. She is, and she is a delightful person, just a great. Seems gal. like a spectacular woman. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So that made it easier for me. But you know, I'm I'm kind of socially awkward and uncomfortable just in general. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, sure. sitting there asking these questions and stuff, and well, trying to keep it, none of that came keep across, it fun and light you, is you tough. You nailed it. Wait till you guys hear this. It's great. Like I said, it legitimizes the podcast. If only for one week. <laughs> I mean, honestly. We'll be back like, to This our... is a bunch of horseshit most of the time. You know, who would they play? Uh, Wallace Shawn. I don't fucking know. <laughs> and who cares? But this this is like real stories from the set. Yeah. Like, she, she there's so many great tidbits. Yeah, it's good. And a couple, I mean, two, in my mind, two phenomenal stories. Um, at least two. There's yeah. some really good stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, so uh, on May the 9th of 2018, I got together with uh, my friend Joanne Foley. That's who we're talking about. Yep. And yeah. I asked So gracious her, of her to do this. Oh, it was. She yeah. was just fantastic. Yeah. And she worked on the film Glengarry Glen Ross. It's amazing that I know somebody who worked on it. I know. And I, I'm giddy just knowing that you know somebody. I know. Worked on it. And like, it makes my, it makes me give me the shivers. And for a long time, we were trying to work this out and get this together and and coordinate getting together to talk about the film. And it actually happened. And yeah. I'm so excited. Yeah. And uh, we had a great time. And um, we're gonna play that for you, and you can enjoy it yourselves. Oh yeah, enjoy this. It's really great. I'm so excited. So, there you go. That you know, was another like problem too. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I thought something along those lines. But, and I think um, that was the job I, where I was first started quoting Glengarry Glen Ross yes. around you and Tim and Charlie. I remember specifically I was in the ballroom and I was putting out reserved signs on the seats because mm-hmm. we had to like reserve yeah. the front row for executives who would go up to the stage that have. So they would have easy access to the stage, right, right? Right. And I was putting out the reserves, and I was doing the "No Coffee for Closers" speech. And Tim and Charlie were just in, like in stitches, and they, they, <laughs> I, I, I was like, "This is normal, folks. Right, this, is, <laughs> this is SOP." Right. And I think that that might have been the first time that it clicked for me that it wasn't like a coincidence. You just happened to say one line that you were a Glengarry aficionado. Yes. <laughs> I, like, that you really knew your stuff. And I think that was when you told me you worked on the movie. Yeah. And I was like, mind equals blown. <laughs> I was like, how yeah. is that possible? And it it, it it was always interesting to me. And I was always kind of like scared to ask about it. <laughs> oh, really? Is that right? Yeah, yeah. It's a true Oh, that's story. funny. Um, yeah, no, it, there was, uh, that's interesting. You scared to ask about it because certainly, you know, you clearly were a big fan of them. So, hey, come right up. Hey. All right. And well, you here know? we are. Well, now's and my here chance. We are. Yes. <laughs> well, welcome, folks. It's the Glengarry Glen Ross Minute. And I've got my special guest today. Someone who actually worked on the film, Joanne Foley. How Hello. are you? I'm good, Bill. How are you? <laughs> Thank, great. Thanks for having me. Oh, thanks for being here. I can't say that enough. Zumbo couldn't be here today, so we're just going to soldier on without him, and uh, we're going to have fun. But Joanne and I have known each other, as you just heard, for a while. I don't know yeah. how long it's been, but like late 90s, I was thinking. Right, I think we were both about 12 <laughs> when we met. Yeah, about 12 years old. Something started like young. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I shouldn't reveal that because you never want to <laughs> reveal a, a lady's age. That's right. right. That's, bad, that's right. Bad form, bad form. Okay. But, um, but yeah, we, we used to work yeah. together in the, in the corporate production biz, which was a lot of fun. And people we have did. heard me talk about that in the past. And you're still in yeah. that business. I am still in that business, um, working at a company um, in New Jersey, but still in the same business. Yeah. A couple of different players, but same same idea. Cool. Yeah. Um, now, you are originally from New York. Is that right? I am. I grew up on Staten Island. 
uh, live in uh, Manhattan now, but grew up on Staten Island. What was that like? I always, it's hard to yeah. like imagine Staten Island. Like for me, Staten Island, like it's a place that exists and it's like <laughs> 15 minutes from my house, but I have no reason the, to ever go there. The forgotten borough. Yeah. <laughs> I, it's so funny. So many people say, oh, I drove through it once on my way to Jersey. There you go. Or I took the ferry over to see the Statue of Liberty, but didn't get off. Right. And they just turned around and came back. Now you have to get off. They make Oh, is clear. that right? Yes. They clear the boat for security reasons and oh. you have to get out. But many people get off, walk around the ramp, come back and get back on the boat going the other way. Oh, that's hilarious. Yeah. Well, there wasn't a lot. Now, actually, there's uh, the Sailor Snug Harbor Cultural Center, which actually is pretty interesting. It's worth getting off the boat for and oh. walking up. But prior to that, if you didn't live there, there wasn't a lot to get off for. Right. Yeah, but now there's the Yankee Stadium, the minor league uh, stadium. Oh, they have it's a minor league Yankee right, Stadium Right there. by the ferry. Oh, how handy. So you can go to Salas Nug Harbor. You can go to uh, Yankee Stadium. That sounds but, actually yeah. fun because minor league ball, ball games are really fun. Oh, well, there you go. And, yeah. it, and the ferry's free. It's perfect. Nice. Yeah, because you get a nice boat ride, get a view of Manhattan, and then you get the minor league game, get the hot dog or whatever. You're, you're talking a good day in Manhattan. Vegan hot I dog. I mean, in Sun Island. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, was, I don't know yeah. why I've never gone. That was stupid of me. Uh, and who knew? I would turn this into an advertising for Staten Island. <laughs> That's right. Staten never Island yeah. Advertising Bureau. I look at it now um, very nostalgic and very, like, warm memories of that. But growing up, um, you know, there was certainly, uh, not for everyone. But for me and certainly my siblings, there was, we can't wait to get out of here. Yeah. We can't wait to get out. Um, but I only went a few miles, so I didn't go too far. And did you always want to go to Manhattan? Was that like the goal? Um, I did. Yeah. I did. It just felt like there, like stuff was happening there. For sure. I didn't know what it was, but stuff was happening. And if you took the ferry, you could find out what it was. <laughs> yeah, you, know? you could get over there. And <laughs> yeah. You could talk to people who live there. And, yeah. So. Um, and then were you as a... When you worked on the film, were you interested in working in Hollywood? Was that like a thing that you wanted to do? I, you know, interestingly enough, I really wasn't sure. I, um, I liked production. I was working in the industry that you and I worked in. I had worked at a company called Fiorentino Associates, and I left to freelance. I discovered the world of freelancing. And I thought, oh, I'm going to try freelancing. Yeah. So I was, uh, at that time, before Glengarry, I was freelancing uh, as a production assistant, production coordinator, working on corporate events. And uh, it happened that um, I knew the director of uh, Glengarry, Glen Ross. Oh, is that right? Yes. Uh, we know each other by the fact we have the same parents. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, and the same siblings. <laughs> ah. So uh, he, after a long process of uh, the movie was going to get made, it wasn't going to get made, he was finally getting ready to direct and was in uh, pre-production. And he knew sort of that I worked in production, but which is true to this day. My family doesn't really know what our world is about. Yeah, Industrials, it's hard to corporate explain. shows. Yeah, it's a weird business. Pe yeah, they, people don't quite understand it. But he knew there was some production element. Right. Um, so he uh, had said to me, look, they're, they're putting together the teams. Um, he said, I'm not going to get you a job. I'm not going to tell anyone they have to hire you, but you are a freelancer. And when I heard them talking about the jobs, this potentially you could have the experience to be able to work in that if you're interested. And I thought, yeah, you know, that's another element of production. But I didn't have at that time, and I know there were folks who were dying to get into film, and I almost felt guilty because it wasn't like my absolute goal is to work in a movie. And now I'm getting this opportunity to, you know, go meet with a production manager to interview for a position. Right. But then I realized it was it, what I was interested in is expanding what I did in production. Sure. And this was another op you know, opportunity to do that. So I met with the production manager and the very first thing she said to me was, your brother made it very clear that he's not asking you to get a job. So you, this is a real interview. Okay. Uh, and I said, okay, fair enough. Yeah. Um, and so That's we interviewed. That's good though. Like yeah. I would rather 
it, and I'm glad you you said that because yeah. like, you know, it 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 gives you some you know it's it's it makes it credible. You know what I mean? It's it isn't like you just are handed the job, right? Be, you know no, I mean? he so like he said, here's the name of the, and he didn't even like I had to you know he said here's the name of the person they're hiring for production assistance. Right. You can you know call her if you want. You can. So of course I did, and and she she made it very clear. Um, not not with an attitude or anything like that, but she wanted to set the tone. Like you've got to prove to me you can. Like, I've got plenty of people that want this right, job. Right, but And they were working on a tight budget, d- so they so need people who could get stuff done. You they, know what I mean? It was yeah, like, definitely. You know, they need to get that movie shot quick. They because, needed to, yes, yeah. they needed to stop moving. And, exactly. Yeah, and the pressure was going to be high because of the cast. You right. know, there was going to be so. Um, but then I realized, and I felt, at least I convinced myself, um, when she, uh, I think it came down to me and someone else. And then I found out later that someone else actually had gotten to her their brother was the location scout or some some <laughs> other thing. But they, too, had worked in – you know, they, it wasn't like anybody was just handed anything off. Right. But I felt – I realized later that um, having worked, as, as you well know, as we work in coordinators and PAs in, in the corporate world, you, you work your butt off and yeah. you do a lot. And I realized that that experience was legitimate and there was no – nobody was giving me anything I hadn't worked for. Exactly. So at least I convinced myself of that. Right. <laughs> well, yeah, it, it is. It's, I, yeah. I've worked on mm-hmm. – uh, one major film before mm-hmm. it was the remake of the Manchurian Candidate. Oh, I, I didn't Jonathan realize. Demme directed it, and yes. Denzel Washington. I didn't was realize in it. you worked on that. I did. I was okay. a teleprompter operator. Oh, okay. And it was it was just one of those weird things. Like I was working for this teleprompter company, and they happened to be shooting in I don't remember in somewhere in around here in New York somewhere, mm-hmm. and uh, they needed like teleprompted speeches for some of the like convention speeches and stuff like that scenes that they had in the thing yeah and I, I so I worked on it for a couple of days and it's it is it's a long um, sometimes incredibly boring process working on a movie but the days are like in- unbelievably long I remember one day I just sat there and waited for my scene to come up like I mm. sat at a table and watched Denzel Washington walk by in character <laughs> uh, a couple of times and I did nothing. I read a book all day. And then it was like 10 o'clock at night. And they were like, okay, we're, we're going to wrap. And <laughs> can you come back tomorrow at 6? You know what I mean? It was like one of those yeah. things. And I was like, oh, so this is the film business. I like hurry up and wait, as they yeah, always say. Absolutely. It's definitely a hurry up and wait. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's interesting. So you Do got we, the job. I got the job. I was hired as an office production assistant. Oh, nice. So worked in the office. And it very much was um, – you know, very similar to being an administrative assistant in an office. Okay. You know, it so was where, where they, was the office set up? Um, in the Kaufman Studios, where they, uh, where the um, interior stuff was shot. Kaufman uh, Astoria those, Studios. Yeah, right? yeah. Yeah. So went out so to that, Queens every day. I actually, for some reason, I don't, I don't know why, I liked going there. There was something about it was different. I was, uh, it's funny. I you know uh, waited so long to move into Manhattan, and now I was going to Queens. <laughs> but it, <laughs> but I liked it. I, there was something about getting on the train and going to Kaufman Studios. It yeah. felt kind of special. And, and it was really nice. And it was special. Actually. It is. Yeah. yeah, I love Astoria. I love, mm-hmm. We really enjoyed living there, and it's uh, it's a really cool place. It's yeah, got a and there was vibe to it. They do, and there were restaurants, and there yeah. were things around. And Absolutely, it was an easy walk from the the subway station to the actual studios, and you'd see people like over, as the weeks went on, you'd be like, oh, that's the camera guy, or that's oh, right, you know, right. you'd see them on the subway. And, yeah, <laughs> that's fun. So, um, so you worked in the office. I did, and then 
so the studios uh, had the the actual locations, the interiors, yes, and also the office. Mm-hmm. And was there any other like production sort of headquarters there? No, it's interesting because which I think, from what I understand, it's pretty rare. At least at the time, it was. I'm not sure about now. It was rare that so much would be shot in a studio. So th- it was a um, great experience for me to have the opportunity to be around set all the time, mm-hmm. which would be very rare if you, as a production office assistant, you'd usually be with somewhere else. Right. You'd be in a different, you know, the office would be set up in some office building. Right, and they'd be on location They'd somewhere. be off on location. Yeah. So, but for us, so much of it was shot in the studio that it was the norm that the cast was around and people were in the oh, hallways. Cool. And, and back then, you didn't, there were cell phones, but it wasn't as common as it is now. So we took, we did old-fashioned, you know, we answered Glengarry Production Office. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we took messages <laughs> and you'd have to um you know when uh during parts of the day we'd bring down messages to to the cast and crew oh wow you know, to, like hey here's your messages oh how cool <laughs> so is that? yeah so like on little pink slips and <laughs> now looking back is so b- bizarre it that, is weird yeah. right and but there were like i think the producers had but they were the big cell phones i think al yeah. pacino had yeah he has one, one in the movie yeah, yeah. He has the suitcase, suitcase thing cell and i think phone, yeah. yeah i think he had kind of one like that in real life <laughs> But um, so that was an interesting thing, though, to be able to be so uh, being an office production assistant working, um, you know, like I said, as equivalent of an admin, but actually being around the actual production. So that made it that was an interesting um, opportunity to, to be in that. Yeah. And you were lucky you got to be like you said, you got to go to the set. Yeah. I mean, they were just downstairs. Oh, you know, it fun. wasn't. And they would occasionally pop up or come around. Um, you know, it wasn't. It, certainly, don't get me wrong. We weren't like sitting around with Al Pacino asking about the Godfather or anything. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't like that. Right, right. But there, but there was a familiarity. Oh, they knew fun. who we were. They knew we worked in the office. Oh, they would amazing. come by. Um, but Alan Arkin used to come by the office a lot. Yeah, he got bored. He had a shine. He had a shine for you, didn't he? It, he, had, he had, <laughs> I don't think. So. <laughs> I, don't, I don't. Yes, yes. Well, of course, Bill. Yes, I think you're right. I think. I think you're right. I think that's that was it. Absolutely right. Yeah. I think he was specifically coming by. Where's Joanne? He smitten. Yeah, that's right. There's no that's doubt right. in my mind about that. Absolutely. Uh, I, has I, anybody seen Joanne? I didn't want it to get out. Around here <laughs> yeah, that's right. I, I, I think someone may have called for me. I think she has a message for me. So if you could just send Joanne <laughs> yes. to my dressing just, room. It's got to be great. Joanne. It can't be yeah. anyone else. Yeah. Uh, no, that was not the case. <laughs> but uh, he was lovely. Yeah. Um, he seems he, like a regular dude. Like he seems like a real down to earth kind of guy. It was really funny because he truly would get if, you know, he was in his dressing room downstairs or he would get bored. And he would kind of wander, and he'd come in the production office and just sit down. Oh, that's great. And the first time it happened, you know, I remember the coordinator who ran the office was kind of looking at us like, did we forget something? Is he <laughs> right, waiting right. for something? There's, Is, there's a bomb about like, to go yeah, off Yeah, like here. something. <laughs> and then we got used to it. He did it all the time. He'd come in and just sit down. And he'd be like, so what are you guys doing? And he'd be very funny, of course. It's Alan yeah, Arkin. Yeah. But um, he would, uh, like, if we were, I remember one time I was, I had a location scout. I was typing up, literally typing on a typewriter, uh, some paperwork for the location scout. And he's like, oh, where are we going next? Can I see that? Give me that. You know, and he was all kind of getting interested. And he didn't really care. He knew that somebody would tell him where he needed to be. Right, right, right. He was pretending it's he was fun interested. To get, it's fun he to get was, the, you know, the advanced uh, information. Yeah, you know what I mean? oh, exactly. So and he would tell jokes and things, but it was, it was very funny and uh, just to see him pop in. Were they like dad yeah. jokes? Were they like yeah, uh, yeah. yeah absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. That's yeah. awesome. And I'm geeking would... out so hard right now. I don't know if but, you can yeah. tell, but uh, no, like... actually, you do. You, you, <laughs> it's funny remembering that because now that I'm talking about it, it's just thinking in that moment how um, sort of sweet he was about it all. Oh, that's you nice know? to hear. You yeah. know what I mean? That's what you want to hear when you when you admire somebody's work so much. Yeah. You want to hear that they were like cool to the because a lot of times. 
you know, I you the people who are in a really high mm-hmm. position just pay no attention to the people at the bottom. Right. You know what I mean? But it's nice to hear when people recognize that it's a team effort. Everybody's working it's on the bit, thing, and you know, there there are human beings, you know, who yeah could use a little smile and a hello. Yeah, day. and I'm sure that's not always the case. But f- no. what's amazing, though, f- considering the cast of who they were, it was um, at times in terms of the interaction with the cast, it was kind of a chill set. It wasn't always a chill set due to the nature of, you know, there was certainly anxieties around, like, because they were stars, like when they were coming and going in their schedules, and I'm sure right. the ADs had their hands full. And the, the scenes themselves were intense. Yes. So depending on what somebody's scene was that day, they might have needed to, you know, privacy and needed to be. But when they, you know, but there was always please and thank you. And there was, if there was yelling and screaming, it wasn't at us. It wasn't like at the PAs. So I always felt like they're, maybe they yelled at the assistant directors or they yelled, they yelled at people higher than us. So <laughs> I felt good about that. That's good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you were talking about the sets. Mm-hmm. And Zumbo and I had a, a, some discussions on the, on the podcast about this, about which of the um, scenes are, which of the locations are locations and which ones are sets. Right. So I contend that the office, the interior of the office, was a set. It was totally built out and and that was a set. He thinks it was a place they went to, they rented out an office building and, you know, that's what what it was. So can you put a... Put an end to the argument. I, I can put an end to the argument, and I'm sorry uh, for your partner there, but you are correct that yes. they were. It was a set. I have to tell. I hate being right. I hate it. I mean, it's yeah, the worst it must feeling kill you. Oh, it must be awful. <laughs> no, that set, and that, and because there were so many scenes in the office, that was why so much of it was done in the studio because that was in fact a set. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's a fantastic set. And the, yeah. and the set decorators. Oh, like, the set. Oh they, my God. they did a beautiful job. They yeah. really did the yeah. detail, the level of detail they went to. Yeah, it was incredible. Yeah, so we, it's, it's, I mean, obviously, we, we point out all the little, you know, weird stuff we see on the on, hanging on the walls and, you know, yeah. here and there and all that. After they trash the office, all the stuff strewn all over. Mm-hmm. And, uh, they, they did an amazing job. Yeah, no, just, yeah, the set designers and the, yeah, they did a beautiful job. That's good. I'm glad to yeah, hear that. But, uh, and I'm glad and that you the, were right. What about the Chinese restaurant? Was that, that was shot actual, in the Chinese restaurant? That actually was a restaurant. It that was. was. Yeah, they actually were at a restaurant. But it was was it the one across the street, the, the actual China Bowl? Or was it, an, like, was the exterior no, one place and the interior another place? The exterior was one place and the interior was somewhere else. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. funny how you don't, you know, your mind just automatically connects the two subconsciously when you watch a movie, right? Right. And it, yeah. It's, it's, it, it, we're pulling the curtain back. Yeah, you can see. Yeah, yeah. So they shot the exteriors that was across the street from, in the, right. from, from yeah, the in office. Yeah, and it was yeah. in Brooklyn, right? It was the uh, uh, China, Bay. Yeah, I think it was the China Bowl. I think was the name. Of, yes, yeah, the China that, Bowl. Yeah, that's right. and that actual was in Sheepshead Bay. Yeah, and it's gone but, now. I looked on. Oh, is that uh, right? It is. I looked yeah. on Google Maps because oh, okay. you can do the street view, and that restaurant is gone now. Sadly. Ah. Uh, um, most of that stuff is all gone. It's all different now. Anyway. Mm-hmm. There's like a Dunkin' Donuts where the where the um, real estate agency was back then oh, okay. or something. Yeah. But yeah, you can go on Google Maps and look oh, at the street Oh, that's funny. I hadn't really there. thought about like what's still there and no, what no isn't there. No one else would, really. Oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> that's what you guys are here for. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm trying to th- and, then, and then the other stuff was, so that, so that street where the exterior of the of the office was mm-hmm. is, in, is in Brooklyn. Because we can see so, in the background but, yeah. there it says Sheephead, Sheephead, Sheepheads Bay train station. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, there was um the studios were in Queens at Kaufman, but they I don't remember I don't think there was anything that was actually shot exterior that was in Queens. It was either in Brooklyn or Manhattan. Okay. Yeah. And then there's one, there's this there's a scene where they go and you may not know about this because it was not 
where you were. But they went out to uh, to Mr. Spanel's house where they where Shelley goes out to make a sit. Yeah. At a house somewhere. I think that house was actually in Brooklyn. Oh, interesting. No. I take that back. It might have been out in Jersey. I did not go to the location obviously because sure, okay, I yeah. don't. But I do um remember them, you know, that there was a whole thing about finding the right house and yeah. is, does it make sense with this person who lives in this house would he be a potential candidate to buy, you know, land buy or land yeah, or whatever, yeah, yeah. you know. Right. So it couldn't be too affluent, but it couldn't be just be something where the guy would potentially no way he could buy exactly. land. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. yeah, there's a lot of um, And we talked a lot about that during that scene like yeah. what his, you know, what Mr. Spanel's income was and what uh, kind of investments yeah. he has and that kind of stuff. It's funny and, now you have me curious. Now I am going to have to find out was it in <laughs> Jersey or was it in Brooklyn? Well, text me and I then will. we'll we'll bring it I up will. on the show. Okay. Okay. Uh, and just as a point of uh, curiosity for you, you may not know this, but because you don't see it in the movie, but Larry Spano actually has a giant baby. I don't know if you knew that. But a I just giant know. baby? Yeah, it's a giant baby. Oh. I've proven this over All and right. over well, on the podcast. Bill, you, I did not know that. Yes. Yeah, and now you've absolutely piqued my curiosity, the, more so than the house now. It's in the subtext. <laughs> you don't see it, but it's it's buried He's, in the subtext. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. I will, I'm going to have to look into that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so we, so when... You started working on the movie. Like, how far down the road were the, were they? Like, ready to start principal production or whatever? Or was it like in the casting phase? Or like, where it, were they? It was in the casting phase. Obviously, not the principal cast. They were all uh, part part of the deal, getting the movie made. But um, some of the uh, second the um, second line, they were still casting. And I at the office, they were doing some of the casting at a place. I don't remember the name, uh, which where it was in Manhattan. And I actually that was one of the first things I had to do is work out of that office for the casting. Oh, cool! They, it was just signing people in and letting people know that so and so is here. Oh, it's, but stuff. you were yeah. like the, the which I, I, that's a job I love to do. I love yeah. audition monitoring. I find it really fun. I yeah. do it for my wife all the time. And so you take the headshot, you know, and you tell you, you sign, you make sure that they be, yeah. you know who they are, and you walk them into the room and you say here's so and so and blah 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 like that kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, and I was there. I don't think I was the point person because it was uh, some probably um, maybe Sandy who was the coordinator. The, I'm not sure who the, the casting the coordinator. Lead, or ca- yeah, yeah, probably yeah. somebody from the casting office. Right, right. But uh, I was assigned as a production assistant to just help out wrangle for a couple of days there. That was the first thing I did. That's fun. Yeah, that was before I even. Do you went remember out to anybody by you know any interesting people who that came, came in? to read? Yeah. Um. Hmm. I I don't really. Well, they um, probably didn't have a lot of big. Names coming in because due to the budget and they to, probably right. had spent a lot of it on the, the well because the, the primary cast exactly. yeah it was yeah. but yeah I don't um, although it's funny because now that we're talking about that I feel like there were like I think there was a moment but this is, story is going to go nowhere because I don't remember who it was <laughs> that's just, this but, is like our show that's our show it's <laughs> okay, the story's going to go nowhere exactly. <laughs> but I do remember there was a recognition. Like I saw somebody and thought, oh, I know him. Yeah, it's I've one seen of those him. Guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, which, uh, well, since I don't know his name anyway, I'm not. I feel like I'm doing a disjustice. But since I don't know his name, but there are those actors, yeah. which I call that guy. You know what I mean? Who yeah. You see him in everything, and you don't know their name, but they're brilliant yeah. all the time. We yeah. We're talking about Stephen Root. I don't know if you know who he is. I don't. He was in uh, No Should Country I say for that? Old Men. I don't. Yeah, oh, you okay. Can. He was the guy. He's in Office Space. Sorry, he's Stephen the guy's Root. like, they gave somebody stole my stapler. Oh, of course, of course. And he's like a real chameleon we were just yeah. talking about him recently 
um, we do a segment called Who Would They Play? And if an actor comes up organically in our thing, we cast them in Glengarry Glen Ross. Uh, so we give him a role. Uh, okay. So we're talking about him. And he's like that kind of guy who would be called in to play like a minor character in a movie like mm-hmm. this. And you're just like, oh, I know that guy. <laughs> I've seen yeah. him like a million times, but I have no idea what his was, name is. Yeah. yeah. There was definitely that. There was recognition of people. Yeah. And it's funny because now I wish I, I remembered clearly because now it's probably like, oh, yeah, that was, you know. That was whoever, Bradley right, right. Cooper. And then Walsh. Know, it, it wasn't, yeah, 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 but yeah. 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 I'm surprised you didn't take notes knowing that you would be doing this 25 years later. You know, I, <laughs> I, I, I was remiss. I, yeah, I definitely I missed the boat there. That's okay. Um, so they did the casting, mm-hmm. and then how long was it from then until they started like full on like doing it? Uh, it, it was only it wasn't long because I remember I that one after I was hired one of the first things I, as I said I had to go to at a building um, in Manhattan for the casting but then I think it was the following week I was out at Kaufman we, they weren't shooting yet we were you know getting copiers put in and getting you know right, getting everything right. set up um, get d- dressing rooms getting set and all that stuff but uh, but I think it was only about two weeks at the most and then they started shooting and do you remember if it was shot um obviously the first half of the movie Mm -hmm. there's like three concurrent scenes running and those were probably shot you know when so that you maximize the actors availability right right? so you have you know um harris and and arkin in the car scene and you just do all that stuff for a few days and then you do inside the Chinese restaurant for a few days and then yeah. you do Lemon and Spacey for a few days. That mm-hmm. kind of, is that correct? Am that I, is that correct. Right? I mean, they sometimes have to go back, like they'd have to go back to a scene or right. do something or they looked at the dailies and realized they had to reshoot something. But yeah, they for the most part, they would do. But the interesting thing to me and even um, being not knowing the whole film process at that time, not that I even know it now, but certainly not then, is the whole Alec Baldwin, which is such a famous scene, of course. Right. But that whole thing was like three days. I think wow. he worked for like a week. Wow. Like he did some rehearsals and then, but the actual shooting, I think, was a total of three days. Wow. That's, and yeah. it's an, an eight-minute monologue. It's So intense. it's a lot of stuff. Yeah. I mean, for one actor to do in a movie, that's unusual to see an eight-minute monologue in a movie. You know, yeah. that is very rare. I mean, he came in very prepared and, like, was ready to roll. But, that's good. Yeah, but... Uh, yeah, but three days, you'd think it would, you know, we were talking before about so much of film is hurry up and wait. Yeah. You'd think a scene like that would take, it was eight minutes, you'd think it would take eight days. Yeah. Yeah, but it was, yeah, it was done in, I think it was three days. Wow, yeah. that's pretty cool. Um, and then the second half of the film, which it takes place pretty much all in the office. Mm-hmm. Do you remember if that was shot uh, in sequence so that, you know, there was a continuity to it? Because it is like one big flowing scene. Or do you think they they did the same thing where they just chopped I, it up? I and think they it was shot it chopped however, up. However I don't. It was. Yeah, I believe it was chopped up, and I don't know if that had to do with the actor schedules or if it was a creative choice about pacing. I'm not really sure what the reason was, but it wasn't all done at the same time. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. I was curious about that because it is such a one, you know, it is one big giant scene that yeah. really never ends. It just goes on. Yeah. Yeah. Whether the actors would be, you know. And, and these guys were pros. I mean, they've done this a million times. Absolutely. This move, so they probably didn't care one way or the other whether how it was shot. Um, not, probably not. But um, the director, James Foley, um, <laughs> he was definitely open to and tried to work with them on, like, what was their comfort level, what right. worked for them. Of course, he had to balance that out because there was, you know, four major players that he had to make sure we're happy and we're, you know, satisfied with how things are going for them. But um, I don't know how much, I, I honestly don't know how much they, like, voice there. Like, I want to do all my scenes in two days or, you know, I don't really know. Okay. I don't remember. 
That's fair. Um, and was there, at the end of the shooting, was there a big rap party? There was. And did you go? I did. And that was really <laughs> fun, actually. I bet it was. Yeah. It was, um, I don't remember the name. It was, at, it was in Manhattan, and it was at a, a nightclub that I, I, it's funny, I don't remember the name of it. But at the time, it was like a known place. Yeah, you know? It yeah. was like, ooh, the party's there. Right. Um, but what was so fun, well, for me, it was just fun. You're at this party that, you know, there's all these, even though we had been working with them for months, but now it was a different environment. Now people are drinking, and they're dressed differently. And I remember there was um, one uh, PA um, who uh, she was always, you know, she was dressed to work. She was always in her jeans and her sneakers. And I remember I walked in and she was like dressed to the nines in this <laughs> like hot dress and makeup. And I thought, whoa, this is this is going to be different. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, this isn't going to be what we've been doing every day in Kaufman for the last, you know, several right. weeks. But um, I just remember it being really fun because, um, well, it, that sense of it's over. And there, even though I had nothing to do with all of this, I just knew from um, from James Foley that I had I had the uh, some knowledge going into the movie about just how long it took to get all the deals done, and yeah. there was there was some fighting with the producers and going into all that. I, I knew very little about all the actual facts, but he referenced it a couple of times. So there was a great sense of like relief, and you could feel that from everyone. Sure, like we got this done. Yeah. And of course, that you know, I didn't have a part in that, but uh, it was just fun though to you know who was dancing. Now you're seeing people drinking, and it was just there was no scandalous, sure. you know, at least not that I was aware of. <laughs> there, was, there was no scandalous like somebody got really drunk and stupid and hit on somebody. I'm sure it went on, but I right, right. It wasn't what I wasn't what I witnessed. Alan Arkin didn't, didn't come over with right. a margarita or anything. Yeah, <laughs> despite your thought of, you know, in spite of what you thought earlier, uh, that never came to be. Oh, but so. yeah, such a shame. I've called like I've called every week since. But <laughs> <laughs> no. It's hard to get a hold of. Yeah, he just can't. Doesn't return my calls. Oh, that's just, um, but sad. no, but the I, the party was great fun, and uh, and then there was a little uh, after party because my brother uh, and. Um, Ed Harris, uh, some others might have, but I know for sure those two were staying in the same um, hotel, had been living in the same hotel for months. And so they had a little after, they invited people back. Oh, so there was in their suite. So there was a little after party. I did, and that mm. was kind of fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, and so you were around Ed Harris a little bit, at least. A little, time, yeah. yeah. Um, the, the time I actually spoke to Ed, like actually spoke to him, that was beyond like, here are your messages, Mr. Harris, all right, right. nervous and <laughs> right. scurry away, like quickly, <laughs> you know, um, hope he doesn't like notice. I was even there, but we there was one uh, Saturday afternoon where you know there's the um, I guess it's a TV and Broadway there's a, a softball league that happens in Central Park. Oh yeah, the Broadway summer. or the whatever Broadway thing. League, yeah, yeah. yeah, they play softball. Right. One of our producers or uh, production managers got us somehow got us in on a game. And so there was a Glengarry softball, but only just for the one day. <laughs> it wasn't like we played regularly. And uh, there was a game. I, I don't even remember who. I think we played the the cast from Law and Order or something. I'm not sure oh, who we man. played. I, I bet Gengar but, yeah. kicked their asses. That's right. I mean, that's, that's right. Come on. Law and Order? Yeah, I think it was think Law and Order. They play ball? I don't even remember. <laughs> what are they thinking? That? They shouldn't even take the field, Law and Order. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Get out of here. Now, there's some cast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like 50 million people. Yeah, exactly. Well, that yeah. makes it almost unfair, right? That they that's would have right. so many have people so many to people. play with. And you would only have, you know. Well, I mean, we have a measly 50 people. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. not right. That's not right. But, so what, Al Harris was like the shortstop, and he was brilliant defensively, he, and he also had some pop in his bat, right? There you go. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll go with that. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Um, no, I, we um, 
when I say we, it wasn't planned or anything. It was just a bunch of folks had gone to the game, play, you know, played, and then hung around afterwards, had some beers in Central Park. And then there was a whole group of people who um, wound up on the subway to go back downtown or something. Right. And he was on the subway, and we just started chatting because at that point he was well aware. Obviously, I was... You know, even though he had seen me in the office all the time, <laughs> he was clear now that I and somehow he had um, I certainly didn't tell him, but somehow he had figured out or somebody told him at some point he said, wait a minute, your last name's Foley. Are you related to Jamie? Uh-huh. And uh, I said, yeah, you know, he's my brother. And he so that he became a little more interested, but not so much like, oh, how like, oh, now I know he got the job. Right, right. It was more he wanted to know, like, tell me about Jamie growing up. Tell me. Like, oh, yeah. He wanted to know, like he wanted to hear about his director. Sure. Like, wh- you know, where are you guys <laughs> from? What are you? you know, so exactly. Because there's a lot of psychology to directing a film, you mm-hmm. know, when you're directing actors. And, and yeah. it, it works in reverse, too. Like the actors are constantly trying to figure out what's what's. Oh, this yeah. Guy, he you know definitely I mean? like, you know, he didn't ask anything inappropriate and it took me a beat to realize oh be careful what you say like he's yeah. he's getting information that <laughs> my brother may not want him to have right. um so but but we chatted a little on that so that was an interesting nice. and yeah. when i met him i found him to be really nice very nice and very intense you know what i mean like definitely intense yeah he's he's yeah. definitely like um he he means every word that he says you know what i mean and this is what makes him such a great actor yeah he, he's just he's so grounded and he has just like this sort of gravitas to him that he's like, he 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 has he doesn't look uncomfortable in the world. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I always feel like I'm uncomfortable out in the world. Yeah, you know, I'm very self conscious and all that kind of right. stuff. But this guy, you know, he's just boom. There's Ed Harris. You to know be, what I mean? Yeah. He's just him. And it's funny. There were things that um, he would do that I thought at the time um, I thought were like, oh, he's a prima donna. And then uh, my brother was the one who said. No, no, no. He's just very um, takes his craft very serious, mm-hmm. and he's very intense. But the, he had this thing about he had to get manicures. Oh, oh! And, tell me more. This sounds yeah. Nice. And I remember be, working in the office. He, there wasn't there wasn't time for him to leave and go. So we had a range for go find a little manicurist place. I, you know, one of the PAs, the other PAs, one of my colleagues went like looking, walking around Astoria, like, can you come to the set? <laughs> <laughs> and this lovely little um, woman came from one of the uh, I don't know, I shouldn't say little. I don't know if she was little, but uh, came from one of the manicure place and set up a little shop and he came up we arranged for it and he came up to the office and he was sitting there getting a manicure and I remember that time thinking oh god what a prima donna like, right, he's gotta sure. get it. Like, but my brother was the one like no if you see the scenes we're doing tomorrow there was a whole, there were close ups on his hands oh yeah and, thing, and he was very con- conscious of he just his, he felt his character would have, would have meticulous m- nails. Exactly. Yeah. And my brother said, I give him all the credit. Nobody told him to do that. Right. No, no one, one else thought of it. No one else said, but he knew the scene and he just felt. And so it was, I like, I realized it was a learning for me. Like sometimes you read, and certainly there is lots of prima donna stuff, but then sometimes <laughs> there's actual reasons for it. And yeah. that, that to me was like, I was like, oh, Ed Harris isn't a prima donna. Ed Harris is just a freaking great actor. Yeah, detail, <laughs> detail. Yeah. Every, every aspect yeah. of his character is in his it, mind. It was that, yeah. yeah, so that was about and that's what yeah. I always hated about acting was you had to care about how you look. Like, you know, oh, like, that was so the that worst was, thing for yeah. me. Yeah, like, yeah. this is why I enjoy podcasting because, yeah. like, I roll in here, like, in my T-shirt, yeah, my shorts, and in my podcasting outfit. Well, no you look knows. great. Thank you. And, and you didn't need to wear the sequin gown today. Oh, Just, I'm, I guess I, I misunderstood it. when you sent the notes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's cool. What about, but, did um, any of the other actors have, like, weird stuff like that, like, you know, where they had to have a manicurist brought in or some yeah. other person like that? Um, no, Alan Arkin, which... Uh, at the time wasn't uh, it seemed slightly odd because it wasn't as common now it wouldn't 
you wouldn't even blink. But he was vegan. Oh yeah. So the ca- the craft service didn't quite the catering and craft service didn't quite have that down. So he got special deliveries of uh, vegan food, which seemed at the time like he was getting like it, you, you pictured it was like being flown in from somewhere. Right. Meanwhile, he just you know didn't eat meat and eggs. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Well, Zumbo will be glad to hear that because he happens to be vegan. Ah, there you go. But yeah. good for him. As I always say, good, good for I, him. I, I, I admire anybody who. Can, so we don't have to share can, these burgers that we have with him now. No. Oh, yeah. He's not getting a bite. Excellent. Uh, and I always admire people who are vegan. I think it takes a, the kind of uh, – I wish I tried it. I did. Yeah. And I didn't make it very long, mostly because I don't like vegetables. Did you make it through the day or just yeah. – <laughs> <laughs> A couple weeks. A couple weeks. Oh, that's you pretty know, good. Yeah. And the, but, you know, yeah. uh, but anybody who can do it, I, I say it's – Oh, God it's, bless. Yeah, God yeah. bless, man. It's super important for like, the world And he was today. pretty serious about it. Um, he wasn't, I mean, talk about the nicest guy in the world. I mean, he certainly didn't make a thing about it, but, uh, but somebody was, it was somebody's job to make sure that his lunch was ordered every day and picked it because it was outside of the, the regular catering because they, it's, which now when you think about that, that's pretty funny, right? I'm sure now on movie sets, vegan. They're all vegans, right? Yeah. Yeah, It's it's unusual to find any meat. Right. (laughs) But at that time it was a special. So, you know, again, that was perception of, oh, Alan Arkin eats this weird food. Being weird. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) But that's 92. I mean, or 91. Yeah. that was a, that was way before yeah, it wasn't, the whole was, vegan thing. Definitely things. wasn't as common. A and to get deal. and to get a decent meal. That, yeah, like, get a decent meal. It wasn't like oh maybe there's some string beans he can have left right. over from. Well, thank goodness you were shooting in New York and not in like Kansas City <laughs> yeah. or something where you I know think it, it'd probably be pretty hard to find something yeah. that isn't a barbecue joint. Exactly. I'm not sure where it came from. They finally found some place and they delivered it every day. I'm not sure where. I think it was somebody like cooking in their kitchen and bringing it over or something. It didn't. It <laughs> seemed be, like yeah. it was a big deal. Wow. Came, yeah. That's cool. Yeah. That's good. And no one else had any kind of crazy like um, when Al Pacino. I always imagine Al Pacino arriving on the set and there's like a, you know and like a nuclear bomb goes <laughs> off and everybody's like, okay, he's here, he's here, he's here, and there, everybody starts running around and that kind of thing. There was a little bit of that. <laughs> <laughs> there was a little bit. A little bit. Just was, a little bit. Okay. It wasn't because um, again because there was so many days at the studio there were. Times it just became routine. Like, oh, Alan's here, you know. Right. But there was a little. There was definitely people knew when he had arrived. Sure. Let's put it that way. Yeah, yeah. There was I, awareness. There's a lot of headset chatter. Yeah. Like, oh, he's here. He's and in the building. That's... I don't know that that had anything to do with him. Right. Like it was it's just, just more Al Pacino. Sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The biscuit. The biscuit is in the bucket. Yeah. The biscuit yeah. is in the bucket. And there was always there was a little bit of an entourage. I mean, nowadays it probably wouldn't even seem like an entourage. But you know whether it was personal assistance or his trainer was going to train him at lunchtime or there was always people around sure. that thing. Uh, he also had um, a young daughter. His daughter Julie was very young at the time. Um, she was only I think three or four um, and he was not married to the mother so when she came that was a big deal. Sure. Like that because he you know she would obviously she was with a nanny and but when she she would arrive, like, oh, Julie's here. That was a right. big deal. Yeah, because he wanted to spend time with he her. He wanted to spend time, yeah. and they'd have to arrange, you know, for his schedule. And, you know, she was just a tiny little, I think she was, like I said, I think she was three or four. Oh, wow. And was this, I, can't, I was trying to remember, is this, do you remember if this was shot in the summertime or like the spring? Yeah, fall? Um, it was summer, I think, into fall. Okay. Yeah. Because Al Pacino, of course, that year also did Sense of a Woman. Mm. Which was like a winter movie. It takes yeah. place over like November yeah. and, and December. And so we were trying to figure out the the timeline of like when he was able to fit both of those oh, things thanks. in. Yeah, no, it was definitely summer. I was just trying to think of when we wrapped, which I think it was into the fall when it wrapped. Mm-hmm. But it was definitely shot over the summer for sure. Right. Yeah. And when they did all the rain scenes. Yes. And that was all, was that indoors? That was indoors. Wow. And that probably 
was, uh, again, I, I wasn't, you know, I didn't have intricate knowledge of what was going on on, 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 loca- you know, on location every day. But because we were there, you were aware of things and when there was pressure and when things were. But that, there was definitely, shooting that was difficult because it, it was interior and the rain and getting it right. And right. you certainly didn't want to stick an actor anywhere before until you had everything right. ready to go, you know. And we talked we talked on the podcast during that portion of the movie about that there were people assigned specifically to wet Jack Lemon. Like we feel like there was somebody like yeah. with a hose who was like, okay, stand still. <laughs> yeah, it was definitely. I, I don't remember if they had to hose them down or how it worked, but there was definitely, and that's why those days they were probably intense days, just because you didn't want the actors uncomfortable and th- like because right. every time you did something, you had to clean stuff up and start over again. You know? Right. Yeah. So and getting the the right temperature and how much it sprayed and yeah, it was a big. Uh, They're called lemon wetters. Is that right? Yeah, that's the official title. Okay, there yeah. you go, lemon wetters. They didn't get credited in the, in the <laughs> end thing, credits. They, I don't know yeah. why, but they were there. I know they were yes. the lemon wetters. The um, lemon wetters, yeah. <laughs> and so, did when the movie was all done? Uh, did you go to the premiere? Did you go? Did you it get to go d- to like a big premiere thing? I did not get to go to the premiere. Aww. So it's a good thing I got to go to the rap party. Yeah, seriously. Um, it premiered at the Venice Film Festival. Oh, that's right. And Jack Lemmon won an award for acting. He there, did. Um, and it's funny. The production assistants weren't invited to <laughs> to Italy. I don't that's know crazy. why. <laughs> yeah. A so budget like that? Come I on. I can't imagine. Um, uh, did see, you know, went to a screening and, you know, went with uh, some family and friends and got to, you know, so it was, made it special. But but the premiere, no, they didn't fly us out. That's oh, a bummer. Yeah. Cheese I was, skates. you know, I was pretty surprised. <laughs> <laughs> and what did you think? Like when you saw the movie, what was your impression? I, I loved, I was blown away with, um, you know, uh, you know, part of me, uh, certainly um, any James Foley film I'm going to go see. Right. I think I have a sibling contract that says I have to. Um, but... So I always wonder if I'm watching a film that is directed by uh, my brother, if I'm going to be biased, like I'm not going to be able to see anything possibly wrong with it. Right. Um, but this was because I worked on it and I got to see scenes and I'm like, oh, you know, it was exciting for me because yeah. it was like, oh, that's that scene. Remember they did that? And oh, that's how it came out. Right, <laughs> you right. Know? Yeah, exactly. So it was exciting. But I thought he did. Um, I thought they all did a good. I thought my brother did a great job. I thought the acting was fantastic. Oh, no I, doubt. I, and it was even seeing it all together was uh you know, it was almost, you know, I got chills because you saw certain scenes. I certainly didn't get to see all the scenes. Or you saw a piece of something because you were standing by with a message to give them <laughs> before they yelled cut, <laughs> you know, and before you scurried away. Um, but t- just seeing it all to come together, it was it was pretty, I thought it was pretty amazing. I, you know. It is pretty amazing. Yeah. And in the, in the, now that you've, I'm sure you've seen all the James Foley canon of films. So in the I canon have. of James Foley films, where mm-hmm. would you rank? Glengarry on the on the spectrum. Well, my favorite film of James Foley is At Close Range. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. that was one of his first. Right? That's, it was an earlier um, one. It was an earlier one. Uh, it wasn't his first. Um, his first. Now this is becoming a James Foley podcast. That's okay. But uh, his first was called Reckless. But uh, I think At Close Range might have been his second, actually. Um, and I don't know why that one is my favorite. But certainly in terms of uh, critical acclaim and people being aware of it and having legs later on, certainly Glengarry would be the would, would be the uh, one That's that, like that the, falls in. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, if I um, if if I'm you know in conversation, if I'm talking about something and it comes up and you know for whatever reason somebody asks about a film and if I mention that my brother's a film director I might rattle off a few films and there might not be they might not be familiar but once I say Glengarry like oh you know, sure yeah it's amazing that, that it has become a cultural like it didn't yeah. it didn't hit no, big it, when it, it wasn't came out a, it wasn't a financial success right. at the time yeah. I don't know now with DVDs and everything it's probably 
Wong made up everything, but I all hope. his money. I yeah. I, but it but it's gained this sort of cultural significance. Yeah. With mostly thanks to the you know the brass balls and the no coffee mm-hmm. for closures closure speech, which has you know been done on Saturday Night Live and all other parodies, and then and now there's the Boss Baby, which I don't understand. <laughs> you know, it's like somebody was like, let's make an animated film based on a character the, from Glengarry Glen Ross. Maybe, Great idea. Maybe the baby came from the baby the at giant the house, baby. the giant baby, the giant spaniel. So there's the connection. Well, that's going to be the next animated movie from. Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, will be the go. giant spinal baby. To be. Hello, oh, okay. Hollywood, are you listening? Hey, you listening? <laughs> I need a budget. Come on, Did I can you, do this. <laughs> I got the ideas. <laughs> Did you um, happen to see... Um, it hasn't officially launched, but they did a little teaser. They showed the pilot of Alec Baldwin has a new talk show. Oh, um, I haven't seen this. Okay, yeah, he... Uh, it's going to... Uh, well, clearly it's going to be on Sundays because it's called Sundays with Alec Baldwin. Um, and he ha- he's doing a talk show, one-on-one. Nice. They're sitting across. And they sh- they snuck in the pilot at a, just to sort of test it out. Um, it was after the Oscars, but it came... You know, the Oscars goes on forever. So right, it was... Right. Let's say it was supposed to air at midnight. It aired at like one thirty or something. Right, right. So very few people saw it. But um, I knew that it was... You know, so I had taped it. But he talks about... Uh, Jerry Seinfeld is one of his guests. And Jerry Seinfeld pushes him on the, about Glengarry. And at first, Alec Baldwin doesn't really want to talk about it. He's like, we've talked about all this. Why are you? And then finally, he talks about it. And he really um, talks about that scene. And uh, I have to say the reason I'm bringing this up, he gives great credit to his director ah, in doing nice. that scene. It's actually for you being a Glengarry uh, aficionado. You should, um, I don't know if they'll re-air the pilot or not, but I'm sure you can it find it online. Yeah, online somewhere yeah. or something. I have to look yeah, because somebody up. told me they found it on demand somewhere. Cool. And of course, that scene was written for Alec Baldwin. That, yes. that character yes, was, was written specifically yeah. for him. So mm-hmm. um, it was, it's interesting that he you, gives the credit to James Foley because it seems like you know it's like Mamet writes it. He knows the actor. You yeah. know, like here, just read this. You well, know what I mean? he, he saw. You should definitely look it up because you'd definitely be interested in that. But he talked about how scared he was in a way because he was going into Ed Harris and Alan Arkin. Yeah, yeah, yelling at these Clement, guys. Yeah. Yelling at them. <laughs> and he, he said he was having difficulty. He's like, I like them. I didn't want to yell at them. <laughs> and, you know, they were his, some of his idols. That's and, fascinating. But he uh, talked about how the director said, you go in there and you, you know, they're nothing. They're, they're nothing. Oh, you go wow. in and give it to them. Because you know, he was trying to get <laughs> yeah, them. Yeah, build them up. Sure. Build them up, yeah. He had to be Blake. So that was, uh, We yeah. call that the Blaking. The, the Blake, way. oh, because yeah. he had because he was being he like, was Blake, yeah, exactly. go. So. And I'm sure you saw it when, on Saturday Night Live when uh, I don't know if it was intentional to get the laugh or he truly just came out. You know, he was doing one of his skits on this is going, I think it was two years ago. He was doing um, one of the, you know, he does the sweaty ball thing. He, he has a right, whole right, thing. right, yeah. And but the uh, they were doing the um, the cobblers always be cobbling. Yeah, that's the one. But yeah, and yeah. he slipped and said always be closing. Oh, is that right? Yes. Oh, that's hilarious. But I don't know if he did it to. Intentionally, because right, right, right. half the audience would get it, half wouldn't. But that was a funny moment. Hey, who he cares? Said, yeah, he exactly. Said <laughs> he said it. <laughs> exactly. Well, this has been delightful. I mean, uh, I don't know that I have any other questions for you. Do you have oh, any other thanks. tidbits you want to share about the film? Uh, tidbits. Oh, um, I have one actually. Oh, You're, yes. You, in the credits, we were looking at the credits ah. just before we started rolling, and your all the names of the people in the credits are all uppercase letters. Mm-hmm. But your name is J, lowercase <laughs> O, and then uppercase A again. So you have like the only lowercase letter in all the <laughs> credits. And yeah. I don't know if that was nepotism or not, but you it, know. It a, did fall into nepotism, but not <laughs> probably for the reasons that you would think. Um, it wasn't so much, to, oh, I'm going to have um, my sister stand out. It was more about my brother knew that I was a capital A. Right. 
um, which most people think, Joanne, you know, this my whole life, it's uh, people it's, it's, spell it however you want. Because, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, it's most people spell it all one word or. Sure. You know, but he knew being being my sibling, he knew that it was two words, but he wasn't 100 percent sure if it was a capital A. And so well, he wasn't sure. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't. He's like, I know it's two words. And so when they were and he happened, I think by coincidence, he happened to be in the control, the editing room and they were working on the thing and they were like, well, ask her. You know, cause <laughs> he was, so he he I remember this. He called me, which was very surprising because, I, you know, it wasn't like he was calling me about. So do you think of this scene? I should. He wasn't <laughs> right, calling right. me about editing choices. <laughs> but he happened to call me. And he said, I just want to clarify. I know your name is two words. I don't. But do you is it a capital A? And I said, yes. And he said, OK. And that I didn't ever follow up on it or thing. And then when the credits came out, somehow they were trying because he then made a thing about it's it's two words like you have right. to separate it, and because the rest of it was going to be in all caps, they didn't know how to how yeah, do you distinguish? Yeah, because it would look like Joan. If yes, it didn't use a lowercase. O. Exactly. Right. So that's why it, I wound up with the lowercase thing. So it wasn't for me particularly stand up. They just didn't know how to st- have someone who's had a capital A within their right. name stand out. <laughs> so that's how that that's how that that's little hilarious. yeah. So, so that's a little funny. bit of the budget. For the editor went to putting the lower a little out. tiny bit to get the <laughs> low, low for me, yes, to stand out. Well, um, this has been so much fun. I hope yeah. you enjoyed it as much I as did. I did. Thanks for having me, Bill. Oh, thanks for yeah. being here. And uh, you know the, the oh, there is one other thing oh, actually. Yeah, tell me. Yes, I will share with you. Um, I remember uh, you know Jack Lemon, who was Jack Lemon, he, and was know, he like of, just a darling sweet? Oh my guy? God, the yeah. sweetest, nicest man. That's privileged, so privileged to, to have. Oh. Again, I, we didn't sit around chatting about um, thing, but he. Uh, Actually, I have two things I can share with you. Yes. One, um, he, his wife had told my brother they were met, they were doing something socially during the filming, and she said, you know, she said my husband in all the years I've been married never cussed like it just was not his thing. And now every word out of his mouth <laughs> is the F word. <laughs> she she said I don't think that's a coincidence. That's fucking hilarious. <laughs> so she said, you know, he cursed in films, he cursed everything, but you know, around the house, with right, the, like right. he was not—he he didn't cuss. That wasn't his thing. And now every other word That's out of his mouth, because he was in—you know—he was in yeah. character. Well, he—you know—he he saw how effective it can be <laughs> when you're speaking with be, other people. Yes. <laughs> and because he's such a sweet, lovely man, that yeah. was thing. But one thing you had asked earlier um, about, uh, you know, whether there was high maintenance or whatever. Yeah. Uh, this. I, I don't think it was necessarily high maintenance in the scheme of things, but his one request uh, was to have a piano on set. Oh, sure. Yeah. He was a terrific pianist. And uh, that was his out. Some people went outside and smoked cigarettes, some people, whatever. But when he had breaks, he would, and you would hear it occasionally. Oh, that's cool. You'd be like, cool. oh, what's that? And it would be Jack playing the piano. And, and that was jazz nice... was his deal, right? Like he was I like a jazz pianist? I believe I You just heard tinkling out in the out We in the just hallway. heard beautiful just music like, yeah. playing. Yeah. And that was his. Uh, like, because it was his that little outlet. That was his outlet. chill. Yeah, that, that was, was his chill. So the yeah. piano had to be. But it was easy because they just, because they were, they just they had it. They have them there, right? They, the it's, studio, yeah. Probably. So they yeah. just rolled it in. Right. It wasn't a big deal. <laughs> <laughs> and just left it there. But I remember, though, um, that story about his wife saying that now he's a big curse. Yeah. That's hilarious. So, and then the other thing, the other thing, I t- um, when they screened um, the film in L.A., I was not there, but um, J- my brother told me the story. They, uh, of course, he, my brother was very nervous, and it was being filmed in front of a lot of. Ho- it was being screened with a lot of Hollywood people. Sure. And Jack um, was sitting, um, it was sitting down in the the middle thing, and he was with 
I'm, I'm having a, a senior moment here. Tell me who. Um, he, one of his I good friends. I do this friends. all the time. So oh my good. goodness! It fits right in with the show. I, f- I feel like I'm 90. Um, one of Jack Lemmon's friends. Good, very good friends that he's done uh, lots Walter of. Walter Thank you. Oh my goodness! I apologize, Mr. Walter <laughs> Matthau. How I used to, was spacing on that name. <laughs> But he, Walter Matthau was sitting with him. They were down. Oh, that's so fun. The movie, and my brother's all excited and nervous. The movie starts. Jack's in the phone booth, you know. Right. And all of a sudden, the projector dies. It oh, goes no. out. And my brother's having a heart attack, of course. Oh, I'm you know, sure. And all of a sudden, you hear <laughs> Walter Matthau, Jack, you told me you had a bigger part than this. <laughs> <laughs> my brother said he was, he was horrified, but it saved it. Yeah. It, Everyone started laughing. Absolutely. Everyone. And Jack said something like, well, you know, you, you hit the editing room floor. You don't know. <laughs> like they turned it into a comedy into a routine. By the time great. they were done, the movie came back. The projector oh, came fantastic. back up and stuff. But anyway, I just thought that I'd share that with That is a classic Hollywood story yeah, right there. Yeah. That really is. Walter Matthau was, saving the day. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Jack, I thought you had a bigger part. <laughs> yeah. I could totally hear him saying it too yeah. in my head so that, oh my uh, God, that's, that's fantastic yeah that's my little i love it a bit. well this there was so go. much fun well I I, I, and I'm, I'm totally geeked up i'm like up to here with like <laughs> geeky like glengarry stuff so thank you so much for doing this and well, taking the time welcome. to come and thank join you. us and uh you know text your brother and tell him what a great time I will. you had he, um, <laughs> i will i will definitely tell him what a great time i had and yeah, I actually joked with him when I told him I was coming to talk with you. And I said, well, maybe you should come and su- well, he's he's back in L.A., but maybe you should come and surprise and be oh aggressive. My and oh, he, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Well, you know what he said, though? <laughs> he said, he said, if they have followed, he goes, they've probably seen my interviews. I've got nothing new to add. No, no, I'm sure he does. And, <laughs> and we will plug anything yeah. he wants to. He can come on and plug every movie he's ever made, anything he's go. working on now, whatever he needs. We'll do it. I'll, let, be I'll, so much I'll fun. let him know. Yeah, he may take you up needs, on that. Anything he needs. <laughs> he may we'll take you up on that. Okay, that would be great. All right. All right. Well, thank you, Phil. Thanks, Joanne. Bye. Bye. Well, there you go. I mean, how great is that? It was really great. How great is that? <laughs> it was like being in the presence of greatness. You know what I mean? Like when you're yeah. you're sitting there, but but yet someone who's like... who's You're one Staten Island broad away from greatness. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it was and just, that's close enough for me. Yeah, it was um, great. She was so good. Yeah, it was fantastic. I loved every second of it. And the, the, I did. And you were great. Thank you again. My pleasure. I mean, thank you. Kudos to you. Uh, thank you. It was fun. We had a great Every, time. She was obviously very relaxed with you. It was very conversational. You guys obviously have a rapport, and it was a joy to listen to. Great. Thank you for doing it. My pleasure. It was so much fun. I particularly enjoyed the Mathal story. Yeah, me I too. have to say that. I right? love that. I mean, how great is that? It was so great. I mean, one of my all-time favorites. Yeah. Yeah. I loved all the backstage stories, like sure. all the backstage stuff. Sure. Alan Arkin just rolling around in the <laughs> office, you know, like looking for something to do. Any, uh, any mail for me today? <laughs> yeah. or how are we doing? <laughs> Janice, how are the kittens? <laughs> right? Like it's, it's, I so, love that. it's great, right? Yeah, I love yeah, that. I do too. He's amazing. I do too. It's a joy to, it's a joy to, to imagine. Yeah. And she helped us get closer. Exactly. So thank you again for that. Yeah. So great. So I loved learning that, that uh, he was vegan back in the day. Yeah. I mean, pioneer. Exactly. OG vegan. That's. (laughs) I did not know that about Arkin. Yeah. And I know a lot of, I mean, I try to follow the celebs that are vegan to try to support them. Yeah. You know? It was great. That was great. Yeah. Yeah. And and the the, the thinking about how difficult it was in 1992 to find vegan food. Right, to get you know? vegan food to a set in New York City. Yeah. I mean, luckily like, they were in New York, baffling. which is probably the best but place it was still to get a, it. But it was still a hassle. Yeah. You know, like, I think... 
Joanne even alluded to somebody like making it in their kitchen and bringing it over. Right, <laughs> you know, exactly. Like it, yeah. was, it wasn't easy to find even then and in one of the most progressive places on the planet. Precisely. So yeah, it shows how far we've come and good for Alan Arkin and amazing. Just yeah. amazing. It helps <laughs> me love him even more. I know. <laughs> Papa Arkin. <laughs> I'm here for you should you want to adopt a 45-year-old dickhead. <laughs> I'd love to call you Papa Arkin for just one day. And, uh, you know, at the end there, she did tease up a little bit about the possibility of James Foley <laughs> coming on our show, which which got me really excited. This, I don't... I, you don't think it can happen? I, I, can't, I can't even process it happening. I think we can do which it. Which makes me go, probably not going to happen. <laughs> like, if you can't even imagine it. Well, I want to imagine it. I want to make it so. All right. I'm, I'm speaking it into the universe. James <laughs> Foley, if you're listening, if you've enjoyed this time hearing your sister tell all these wonderful tales, please, Amazing. please, we'd love to have you on the show. Anything we can provide to make it fun yes. or interesting for you, we will do it. We Any, will. Anywhere you want to do this. Whatever you need. Whatever you need. Dave Moss's personal manicurist. That's right. Whatever it takes. Your favorite bottle of liquor is Wh- waiting whatever for you. you. Whatever it whatever Come it and join us. Yeah. Come and join. We'd love to hear anything you have to say about this film or about us. You know, well, <laughs> no, probably, nope. We are nope. big fans. Just, if you could just keep it to the film, that'd be great. Because <laughs> I kind of know what you'd say about me, and I don't want to hear it. I don't need to hear that. I've heard it. And listeners, uh, we want to put a, a, a full court press on James Foley nicely, of course. But please, if you hit him up on Twitter, encourage him to come and join us on the show if you'd like to hear that. Yeah. That's at James Foley Jr. <laughs> on Twitter. And uh, and you're sure about that? Yeah. You're positive? Yeah, this is not Mr. a... Mr. Mammoth's on Twitter. Is, That's not a David that guy. Remember? Okay. That's right. absolutely wrong. <laughs> That's absolutely wrong. I w- I'm not on Twitter. I don't even know how you would access it. <laughs> so yeah, hit hit uh, uh, suggest maybe he'd like to come on our show and we'll we'll do the same. Yeah. So Or uh, just say, yeah, just ask him if he's even even heard of it. Let's, you the, know the, what I mean? Like just point him in this direction. Yeah, the movie, Bill. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the podcast. You're right, the podcast. Yeah, oh, well, he yeah. clearly has, because jo- he and Joanne like were exchanging texts about her coming on and that kind of thing. Oh. So, yeah, see, this. I, I'm telling you, we can make this happen. <laughs> we just have to... We have I, to, I don't share your enthusiasm. We just have to beg and plead. But, uh, yeah. Enthusiasms. Yeah, I'm, not, I'm not... Enthusiasms. Anyway. I'm not above begging. No, you're so. not. No. <laughs> that's that's what I'm trying to say. And so I might be. So let's, you know, let's take this legitimizing the podcast thing even further now that we've started down this road. <clears throat> I got to say I'm uncomfortable with the whole ordeal. <laughs> <laughs> I love that there was some legitimacy. I really do. It's not for me. <laughs> it's a lot of pressure, but we can do it. Yeah, I'm you telling think? You. All right. Yeah, all right I'm in. I'm in. It'd be great. I'm 100% in. All right. All right. James Foley, we're coming for you. We- <laughs> Come that sounds menacing. No, I don't. No, we, we don't, don't mean it that way no, at all. We don't. Nope, no, no. Nope. We, we just would love to have you on. That's exactly right. All right, and everybody would love to hear what you have to say. Oh my for god! Sure. Yeah. Highlight of my life. I know, right? Yeah. So, all right. Anything else on this? I got nothing. Thanks right. again. Yes. To big, all involved. Big thank you to Joanne. Both of you in my book deserve an immense amount of gratitude. Hey, my pleasure. Thank it was, you. It was a great amount of fun. All right, then. Next time, gang. Bye. Bye. Bye.